hey, Mine Gold is, it's Mine Gold, um, and it's Saturday, and it's raining, and I'm here with Graham and a special guest, Lexi Christo. Hey, mate. What's up? So nice of you to join us in this piece of shit Melbourne day. It's disgusting weather, but, you know. But you're here. So happy to be here. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I did a thing this morning. I don't know if you've heard of breath work. I'm fucking obsessed. So this is basically my therapy, right? Because I've been to psychologists, I've done all that stuff. Um, they always piss me off. <laughs> I always find myself just not liking them as a person. And I just feel like I can't really be honest, I can't be vulnerable with someone if I just really don't like them. So anyway, that's fine. Works for some people, hasn't worked for me. Um, I've discovered a new form of therapy. It's called breath work. I did a podcast recently with my friend Siobhan, and she has just started um, a studio. Uh, she's called it the Breathwork Shed, and it's in St Kilda, and anyway, I'm like obsessed. So basically, she teaches you this this breathing, um, and uh, once you've done this breathwork for like half an hour, you kind of get into this meditative state, and all of this shit comes up for you. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, it's really cool that what we're going to talk about is what we're going to talk about, because all the stuff that came up for me this morning was all about acceptance. And this is what we've discussed like prior to you coming on here. And I guess like what sort of played in my mind was almost like a montage <laughs> of all the times I felt rejected, all the times that I've had friendships or relationships end, all the times that I felt like I wasn't good enough, that someone didn't love me enough, that I wasn't enough of a person to deserve that person to be with me, basically. And this has gotten real deep real quickly. But I just wanted to... <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I get really, like... I get really deep and weird when I've just done this breathwork thing. And I thought, that's really fucking cool that you're coming on today because that's what came up for me this morning and I know that that was a lot about what you wanted to talk about. But enough about me and my weird therapy. Um... <laughs> Why don't you tell everyone about you, who you are, why you're here, why you are Mind Gold, basically. Well, that's already an awkward question for me because I am super awkward when people ask me to talk about myself, but that's fine. So, I'm like a 30-year-old dickhead married <laughs> to a guy that's like nearly 50, acts maybe like 15 sometimes. <laughs> I got two kids, one's nine and he's like a little legend. One's three and she's um, like killing me at the moment. But anyway, that's another story. Um, she's a sweetheart, but she's hard work, just like a mum. Anyway, um, so I work full time, got a pretty full on job. I'm doing a bit of uni at the moment too. And I'm on the board of the Victorian weightlifting, and that's like me in a nutshell right now. Nutshell? Yeah. Amazing. Nutshell. <laughs> oh. Fantastic. Big nut energy mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And previously you worked in pr- the prison system. Yeah, so yeah. I was in prisons doing some um, facilities work, so that was a interesting world also. So what exactly did you do in that role? So I managed, um, it's pretty boring, but I managed compliance and performance of our contract. Um, Got some direct exposure to the prison world and got an inside view of um, the world of a prisoner, I guess. Yeah. I'm super interested in prisons and I guess um, 
like the concept that someone can be rehabilitated and how this actually works. Recently had a close friend in prison and went to visit them a couple of times. And when I was a kid, actually, a family member of mine was in prison and it was like my favourite thing to do um, was to go visit the prison. Because even as a kid, I was like, oh my God, like badasses. I was like obsessed. I thought it was so cool. They all had tattoos Mm -hmm. and they all swore and I just thought it was like very cool. (laughs) Ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, and I guess what interests me about it is like, I mean, we, I guess so many people have this attitude that people can't change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my own personal experience is that people absolutely can. Mm-hmm. But I guess what would be your take on that? Like how successful do you feel like a current system is in terms of actually rehabilitating people? Well, I think um, from the prison that I mainly worked in was a remand centre. So we didn't really have, I guess, um, a great deal of... Uh, focus on the rehabilitation it was more like let's keep these people you know sorted until they're sentenced and moved to the prison that they'll be spending some time at so it was a pretty unsettled environment people were coming in off the street really like withdrawing from whatever they were on including um you know just even cigarettes towards the end so it was a pretty difficult environment I guess to comment on in that sense um But looking at the other prison that I was looking after or involved in, um, that was a medium security, like, sentence prison. And so you kind of got to see um, a few more cases, I guess, of that. There was um, a situation where people would work on the outside doing gardens and everything. And the first time I saw them, I... That's what my friend did. Well, I shit myself. Maybe it was your friend that I saw. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I shit myself because I'm like, oh, guys, like, there's a prisoner on, like, on the outside... And they're like, no, no, they work out here. And I was just expecting like, oh, that's fine. Like he's probably just like run a few too many red lights. You know, I'm like, what's he in for? And they're like, oh, he murdered his girlfriend's family. And I was like, fuck. All right. Yeah. When I was, th- when I was there, cause you know, you all sit in this room together yeah. and it's, um, exactly like orange is the new black. Basically. One of my friends was like, oh my God, do they wear the green, the green tracksuits? Like I'm mm-hmm. home and away. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like literally yeah, they it, do. that's exactly what they wear. Someone <laughs> smuggled one out once and sold it on eBay. So that was interesting. I'd love to How see someone more? just walking down the street that I have no idea. It's such an obvious prison looking It really is. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Really is. I mean, bonds do something similar now. So amazing prison chic. <laughs> So good. Uh, we should get matching ones. <laughs> do look comfortable, to be honest. I do like the matching top and bottom situation. Because mm. mm-hmm. why would you have a different colour? Yeah. Like, yep. dark green is a good colour. You obviously want all items of your clothing. They look fly to, as fuck. They, they do look... Yeah, there's some hot dudes in there, but... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to skip past that one. <laughs> I'm going to avoid best, commenting. I think we best move past that quite quickly. <laughs> Anyhow... Um, <laughs> Come on, mate, pull it together, pull yeah, it together. Close. Anyway, I guess why I'm interested in it is this whole concept of acceptance and people are so quick to judge other mm-hmm. people and put them in this box of, like, you've done this thing, you can't sit with us, mm-hmm. you're this person, you can't sit with us, etc. And I guess um, because when I was young and had that experience with prison and there was never any, like, I guess, shame or... Uh, my uncle wasn't a bad person he was yeah. never we were never taught that he you know yeah. obviously what he'd done wasn't ideal <laughs> but there was no like lo- less love for him or less respect for him or 
he wasn't excluded from the family or anything like Mm -hmm. that, obviously. So, you know, when I found out that my friend was in prison, there was not really any question of whether I would want to go visit, whether I would keep in touch and, and all that kind of thing. But I guess what it's made me think about is, um, you know, people writing people off and not being accepted. And I guess, you know, as, as we've discussed before, like people are so fucking quick to ghost. People are so quick to like cut people off and it's causes a lot of anxiety. I know we've, we've talked about this before in like relationships, whether it's friendship or romantic relationships that that's going to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that was effectively like my entire childhood. Like I had like no decent friends at primary school. I got to high school and I thought, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'll make some new friends. It'll be different. And then halfway through year seven, I still had no friends. And one of the, like, popular girls actually said to me, you know, like, the reason no one likes you is because when you came here, everybody told us that um, you didn't have any friends in primary school. So no one wanted to be friends with you here. And I was like, you guys are cunts. That, I swore Basic. I wouldn't say the word. Basic. No, I said you're welcome to say it. And look, you got pretty much like 10 minutes in, so well yes, done. My mum will be and so you proud said of me. me yes. even. Um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fucked. Yeah, it kind of set the tone, I guess, for my last, like, I don't know, how old am I? 30? When did I finish school? I was like 17. So, like, the last 13, 14 years kind of set the tone for all of my adult relationships because I'm always like second guessing you know, how long are these people going to stick around and um, do they actually like me or are they just here because I've got something that they want or, you know, I even think that in my marriage. I'm like, fuck, he probably doesn't even like me that much. Like I sit how there, you know. How not like you? Oh, I'm a bit of a dick, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I'm a bit full on, but, you know, that's me. Oh, he's going to listen to this and be like, oh, I know. So He'll be like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you say that? <laughs> That'll literally be his words too. He's fucking funny. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I had like a similar experience. I remember when I was about seven years old, and this is what came up for me this morning, actually. It's fucking crazy, the shit that you remember. I was like seven years old, and there's a popular girl in my class at school, and she was popular literally because her parents were rich, and she had long hair, and that's like all it takes. Mm-hmm. And she got those like, you know those uh, biscuits, those animal-shaped biscuits with the fluorescent icing? We had them in New Zealand. I don't know if you guys I don't know what, here. what that is, but I don't I know, man. One. But fuck, I wanted them so bad. And yeah. My mum was one of the one of the sort of mums that would give you like this big wad of like homemade cake for mm-hmm. your lunch, which is obviously way better. But yeah. because it was homemade, yeah. I just wanted I would the, go with the cake. animal. Wad. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she was like popular, and she had like a sleepover and invited like literally every girl in the class except me. Mm-hmm. And I still don't fucking know why. Yeah, what a bitch. Yeah, massive. Anyway. I guess, like, all these things come up for me today, and up until, like, quite recently, I've had relationships where I've thought, like, you know, like, friendships, where I've thought, like, this person's a fucking keeper, like, this is solid, like, we respect each other, it's, like, a mutual thing, Yeah. and then it's just not been, mm-hmm. and it's been, like, it's fucking devastating, it's almost as... It's upset. like a breakup. It is like a breakup, yep. it is, and especially at this age, and having, like, moved over here from mm-hmm. another country, like, I have a lot of close friends back yeah. home... But for me, it's taken, like, years to build up, like, actual friends. So it is fucking, it is shit. Yeah. And you do question when you meet someone, you know, how long they can stick around for. Yeah, no, I totally get that. My my best friend is 
uh, I actually met her through work when I went on maternity leave. She was um, doing my job and I connected with her on Facebook. Like obviously you got to scope out the opposition. Am I still going to have a job when I come back? Is she better with better than me? That kind of stuff. Already comparing myself to someone I didn't know. Anyway, turns happy. out, Very exactly. Yeah. Turns out like she just moved here from Canada. Um, she met her now husband um, in Greece and he lived here. And she moved over here and married him and we became best friends and like lived happily ever after so far as besties. <laughs> but a beautiful like, story. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. And, um, you know, I still to this day think like, oh, uh, maybe she doesn't really like me that much. Is it because I was just her first pal and like, you know, she just wants to keep that friendship. But then like rationally, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, because I'm a good friend, you know, but there's always just that question in my head, like, you know, are we still going to be best friends in like 10, 20 years? And just cause I never had those, um, like really solid relationships that I, uh, saw, you know, of, that everybody around me had. And I think like social media fucks that even more for you because you just see literally someone's highlight reel and you don't know what shit's actually like in the background, but you see all of your background story, you know? So you're like, Oh, my, my story doesn't look like that. Like yeah. you're always comparing yourself so like that. Of, yeah, people are so selective. Yeah, what they, what post. they post. There's people in my life who I find it quite hard to connect with on like a real level because of the stuff that they post. Yeah. Because I know how inaccurate it is. Yeah. Um, compared to their actual life, and it just makes me like, it just makes me be like, why? Why do you want people to believe this about? It's not fucking true. Yeah. Like. Say you're having a hard time, like, don't be a fucking drainer. Obviously, no one wants a drainer, but, like, you know, you're having a fat day, you've got your period, like, whatever. Like, yeah. you know, we're not all just having a yeah. fucking good old time every second of the day. Like, it's, it's yeah. irritating. Well, that's sort of, like, um, you know, I think crosses over into, like, my mum life as well. Because, like, we were chatting about before, like, being super mum and whatever. And I see all these, like fucking people all these mummy bloggers and stuff I follow and I'm like fuck I need to be doing more like oh I'm God, not like not that those no but this is a thing like I have done this massive cull probably in the last I reckon I don't know since um my dad got pretty sick and passed away last year and I think since then it just kind of opened my eyes to you know what actually fucking matters and I just culled like maybe 400 people that I follow off Instagram because they didn't make me feel very good about myself and um, I still follow like a couple of different mummy bloggers, two of them, um, like a pretty genuine people and they have worlds outside of Instagram. They have their own businesses. One's a teacher, like they work pretty fucking hard, but some of the other ones I follow, I'm just like, you got no fucking idea what it's like in the real world. Clearly, you know, and there are so many people my age, especially that are mums, they're young mums and they look up to these people and think like, Oh, I should be just like that. And I'm like, that's not the reality, babe, that's not what life's like as a mum. And I think I have a, you know, pretty good insider's view. I've got a nearly 10-year-old, so I started a lot younger than a lot of my friends who just have, you know, one or two-year-old babies now. They're probably just going around for their second. And I think, like, don't don't look up to that because that's not the fucking reality of motherhood, you know, and it's fucking hard. But, like, I still find myself comparing some days, like, oh, I didn't get the best pram the first time around, so now I have to have, like, a whiz-bang one or my kid's not going to fucking go to university and become a doctor or some shit. I don't know. Like just the dumbest shit you can pay yourself to. And I think like, um, even in that like world as just being a mum, which is like a fucking really natural thing for a, a woman these days. Like, I'm like, am I going to be 
you know, accepted as a good mum? Am I going to be viewed as a good mum because I haven't done this or I am doing that? You know, am I going to gel with the other mums at school and be accepted as part of that group? And then I think like, why do I fucking care? That is what the people best, think. That is the best. Why do you fucking care? And that's yeah. what I realised this morning when I was having all these flashbacks, yeah. right? Is that in all of these situations, like from really long ago to recent, in all of these situations, like I didn't actually like the fucking people that I yeah. was trying to be a part of, that I mm-hmm. was trying to fit in with. And I'm like, why the fuck was I bothering? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying they were, sh- they were shit people or anything like that, but like... They weren't my people, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. But like, why are you killing yourself to fit in with like wanker mums? Like, yeah. you're not a wanker mum. No, I'm you not. know, why was I killing myself to fit in with like girls at the gym I didn't even like or really yeah. have anything in common with? Like, there's mm-hmm. no reason for it. Yeah. Why did I want to be mates with fucking long hair animal cracker? Like, yeah, exactly. Who wants your fucking biscuits? I don't want fucking biscuits. I've got a fucking homemade <laughs> carrot cake, motherfucker. Like, oh, you know, like, I don't need I wish your fucking... A carrot cake you don't today. need your shit. But that's the thing. I don't yeah. know why we get this, like, this pressure that we feel like we have to fit in with, like, every little fucking yeah. niche, every little clique in every environment that we're in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not prison. You don't have to be, like, with the white power people or mm-hmm. what's another gang... Oh, I wasn't really down with the game. <laughs> I wrote my friend a letter being like, make sure that you get in a good gang. Because I don't know, I've seen, all I've seen is prison. Everyone wants to be looked after. 100%, yeah. you do need a gang. You need a gang. Yeah. But, but you know what I've realised though? Find a gang though? of people that you like. Yeah, but my gang is like when I open the front door and I have these two little kids running to me and my husband's like, hey, how's your day? And I'm like, yeah, I, I like this is my gang, you know, and that's like pretty fucking exclusive. Like, no offense, but you couldn't be part of that gang. Well, I mean, I don't want I'm to be like, part of your gang, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fucking leader of that gang, you know. And so I'm like, it took me, you know, I, how old's Krista? How old was I when I had Krista? I was twenty. It took me until I was like twenty to I realize I, I made my a child own gang. When I was oh, that was fucking hard. Mate, I wouldn't do been, that again. Would recommend. <laughs> recommend it. Fuck. Uh, we came out the other side. I mean, he's all right. He seems well adjusted. Yeah, now you're like a hot young mum. Well, thanks. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a chance to, you know, have a second a second crack at it, and I think I've done all right. Yeah. I've, you know, one of them wants to be a um, obstetrician and a philanthropist. He wants to help people in the world and make sure there's, you know. People that are less fortunate have a house and a roof over their heads. So I think I did all right with him. Fuck, that's all right. I think the other one will be like an anaesthetist. I can't even pronounce it. It's the one word in the English language I can't pronounce. Anaesthetist. Just go say it real quickly. Anaesthetist. There you go. <laughs> I think she, she'd be really good at that because she likes to try and knock us out all the time. So, But anyway, I've got two pretty fucking well-adjusted kids, so I did all right in the end, hey? I yeah. think so. Yeah. It's funny, like, I was just thinking about this the other day. I remember when I was a kid, I would have been, like, six or seven, my mum reading me this book, and it was, like, jobs that women should do. And this was obviously in, like, mm-hmm. the early 90s. So all of the jobs were, like, woman... I'm doing quotation marks, by the way. Womanly jobs. Yeah. Feminine jobs that were appropriate mm-hmm. for women. Receptionists. Reception, 100%. Yeah. A secretary was one of them. A se- secretary, a nurse... You know, all things like that. And mm-hmm. one of the options was um, a stay-at-home mum, right? As as if that would be, like, an ex, you know, a full-time yeah. job mm-hmm. for, for a woman. Not a man. It wasn't a, it wasn't a man's option mm-hmm. back then. Um, 
However, like when I was that age, the thought of like becoming someone other than who I was right then was just like so fucking terrifying and like I couldn't grasp the concept of it. Mm-hmm. It was like, but what do you, but I don't know, I didn't even know how to skip, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I was fucked. I was a tomboy. I was like too. a massive tomboy. I just I... wanted to take off my shirt and yep. like jump on the trampoline mm-hmm. and stick stickers onto my chest of drawers and see how many pieces of gum I could chew at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I said that what I wanted to be was a mum because to mm-hmm. me that seemed like... The most girly thing to do. The most girly yeah. thing to do and don't hit me because this is what I felt mm-hmm. when I was seven. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was an easier option mm-hmm. than becoming you can tell you my, own, kids. <laughs> my own. But to me that seemed easier yeah, than course. becoming or yeah. finding myself. Yeah. Having kids and making that my vocation mm-hmm. seemed like, yeah, it seemed easier than trying to find myself. Look, I wanted to be the um, receptionist for double AMI all my life because I thought that they How got to be in, it's like an insurance company. Oh, Lucky. oh, oh you're with Amy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, actually, I'm with them. Yeah, um, yeah there I, you go. I am with them. That's Well, on. you've seen the commercial. The girl, like, turns around with a smile on her face and a little headset, and that's what I wanted to be because I thought, you know, I'll be, I'll be able to be on TV. But then I got this like hardcore crush on John Wood from Blue Healers. Did you ever see Blue Healers? No, because don't I grew Google up in him. He's like an old fat man. Mate, I just said I liked dudes in prison. Okay, so. well, I guess same, same. <laughs> I wanted to be a cop, and I was like, well, that's not a very girly job. And now I look at that, I still want to be a cop because I think that would be that would be fun. I literally almost did like that, danger. but tattoos can't, they mm-hmm. said no. I feel like they might have changed. They're lost, though, to be it honest. It is their loss. That would be a good call. great, yeah. Well, now I'm literally working in an industry that is so male-dominated. I work in, you know, building maintenance, building management. I'm working in a very male-dominated industry, and I was told a few years ago, you'll never get hired for that job because you're a woman and you're under 30, and I was like, fuck you. I'm going to do that job. And then I got that job. Was that and just like, fuel? I would have been like, I'll fucking show you. Uh, I was like, you're a fucking cunt. Like, I'll do whatever I fucking want to do. And so I'm in that industry. And also being in a prison, it was a male prison. And prisons is a very uh, male-dominated environment. Some big dick energy in there. Huge dick energy. But they all don't have big dicks. They're all probably very small dicks. So anyway, whatever. It's the energy that counts. All of their dicks. I haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen one dick actually in the prison, not by choice, but that was that's a story for another day, probably not on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for this story. <laughs> um and I also am involved in the weightlifting, which as you know is a very male dominated sport. Like once you're in weightlifting, you realize that it's not um, you know, it's not a male dominated environment, but I guess from an external point of view, people view that as a very um male dominated sport i feel like i'm gonna sneeze it's that cat allergy <laughs> guys her eye is like a fucking stoplight right now because she's patted graham but it was worth it wasn't uh, it Every anyway it is definitely worth it he's a cute best. cat yep um cat. that's interesting that you said that about weightlifting because i do feel like it is super intimidating very especially much when so. they fucking increase the national uh yeah total that's 21 but that's also a story for another time um i do think that was newsworthy that oh mate fuck anyway yeah uh, (laughs) um however yeah it is like super male dominated and you know again i feel like it's a lot about acceptance and that's something that i've actually found within that community Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure that you would say being a part of that community yourself yeah like once you're in that 
it's mm-hmm. just such a cool thing um like meeting people like you yeah. and phil oh thanks and yeah it's just it's cool man yeah. like everyone's just fu- well not everyone like let's not go crazy yeah. but like most people <laughs> there's a few people on the list like most people are just dead set legends and yeah. i think there's something about you know i guess as Brene brown would say like being in the arena mm-hmm. like you're all doing the fucking hardest thing together yeah and you're all failing and yep. fucking yeah absolutely crying and laughing and let's look at that environment though like it's um you know i heard my husband who uh he's a coach he used to be a competitor himself he you know he got to the commonwealth games he won bronze he was you know pretty fucking good but obviously he got older um and he obviously is a coach now. So he coaches um, a couple of girls with an- with another guy. And I heard him saying to his athlete one day, like, weightlifting is a really lonely sport. And when you look at it, you're out on the platform by yourself. You're smashing it out on your own. But um, in the background, you are also um, training, you know, in a, an awesome environment full of people. And um, some of those people are like family. And I think... You know, I started this sport when I was 11 or 12 years old and I competed for a little while and like I was never any good. I just, you know, fucked around all the time mostly. If I had applied myself, maybe I could have been, but probably not. (laughs) Let's just be honest, I'm fucking too lazy for that. Um, But they became like family. Like um, we had people fly from all over the country to attend my dad's funeral um, within this sport and I just thought that was fucking amazing. It's like a testament to that environment. Um, and I never really felt accepted going through school and sometimes even in my own family, I didn't feel acceptance, but you know, when we came back into this sport a few years ago, we had, you know, a few years off, um, away from the sport and I came back into it and it was like, we'd never left, you know, and I've met some amazing people there. We have like a Friday night dinner with a couple of people and that just happened organically. And, you know, I meet people like you and as I was saying to you before, it's like, there's so many, um, different levels of people that train in the one place that train in our sport in our state in our country and it's you know you've got people like emily musket you know you you did your podcast with her a few weeks ago and she's just won like fucking everything lately like you know was it commonwealth games world championships everything she's the best and she's amazing and you've got somebody like her that's going around and she was doing um you know the sessions at the schools and you walk into the gym and she's in there and it's not like you know in another sport you might walk in and you don't you know you don't play for a local AFL team or a local sorry local footy team and train with someone that's in the fucking AFL you know you don't do that but we have you know the we we accept the what am I fucking saying we um we have the accessibility yeah we, we do that train with elite level athletes which is really fucking cool um and the but they're just like normal fucking yeah, people hey yeah exactly we'll chat I, with anybody yeah 100% um and I think that's yeah, like you're saying, um, we like everyone is just a big family, and it doesn't yeah. matter if you're Commonwealth Games level or if you've literally just picked up the bar for the first time. Um, and I think that like finding that, finding that community and feeling accepted, like that can be like a lifelong fucking struggle for people. I feel like I've only really just achieved that in the last like year, to be honest. Because like you, there's been so many instances where you feel like you've found your people and you feel like you've found that connection and then it, something goes wrong or, you know, it's not not necessarily blaming the other party. Like, yeah. 
but it's just like finding a relationship, like a romantic relationship, and it's just so fucking hard to find someone who like gets you and you mm. get them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but we're all a bunch of fucking weirdos, like we a mixed bunch. It's not way. like you've walked in and you've gone to a club where you're all in the same industry, you're all doing the same thing, you all know the same people. There are so many different people in this industry and uh, this environment, I shouldn't say industry, but so many people in this sport and I just look at it and I think like this is fucking great, you know, like you'll go to a competition, like a, you know, just a club comp, whatever, and you've got some really random people like shouting your name and supporting you and that's, it's fucking great. And I think that's why a lot of people keep coming back because um, it's not one of those situations where people are just sitting with only their club and they're only training with their club and um like it's genuinely so many people um cheering for everybody it's great it's a really good feeling i think people people genuinely give a shit as well like I'm, i mean you know like the conversations i've had with my coach for example like you know there's there's nothing surface level about them like i can be completely honest i can be completely vulnerable with him i share exactly how i'm feeling um and I know that he's never going to judge me for it I know that I'll just always come back the next day and he's gonna you know be there he'll give me a hug we'll have a chat like and it's the same like it's the same sense of security and the same sense of like comfort I would feel from like a family member or like a close friend Mm -hmm. and I think like relationships like that they're just like so fucking valuable and they're really rare yeah you know absolutely and like so so many of them I found within the sport and it's really cool to, like, finally, fucking eight years after moving here, <laughs> to be like, I found my people. <laughs> like, fucking, finally, it's really cool. Um, so it's really cool that you had the same experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm having it from a different perspective. I don't train. I don't compete. I'm not smashing it out in the gym every day. I'm doing it from a, um, you know, from a board perspective. But that's the thing is that you don't have to be – a lifter yeah to, it's exactly to be a right part of it yeah you know i think that's why it's so cool and it's just like i mean i know i always talk about weightlifting um but for me it's really more of an analogy for life i guess yeah um and you know you can apply it to whatever you want whatever like struggle whatever uh, you're facing whether it's work whether it's relationship motherhood mm-hmm. anything like that i think like if you have that acceptance and you have that community that it just fucking helps so much yeah absolutely I totally agree. You know, I'm I'm doing a few fucking things at the moment that are pulling me from pillar to post. But I finally can say in my life, like, I have a really solid group of people behind me that will help me pick up the pieces. You know, if I'm focusing really hard on, you know, for example, at the moment, I've got my final four assessments due for uni. And there are people behind me that are like, do you want me to babysit your kids? Do you want me to look after them? Do you want me to come cook dinner? And I'm like, fuck, like... I didn't expect that. You know, I still think like, what, what's in it for you? Why are you doing that? Sometimes I could catch myself still going, what is their agenda? Why do they want to help me? And then like, I realize like, well, just cause they fucking love me. That's why, you know? And I mean, that's what I'm really openly like that to, to my friends. I think like I smother them with love and I, want to go oh my god I'm such a smotherer maybe yeah, that's why so am I <laughs> and we need out. some space between yeah. us now Sarah <laughs> but I just when I love someone I just really want to show them that I love them because I would never want them to feel the same way that I feel so often which is like am I enough am I good enough to yeah. be in this group of people yeah that's half my problem 90% yeah. of the time and my husband says that to me all the time like why are you trying to be more like stop trying to be more and just be you and I'm like fuck I've got to like snap out of that 
because I am genuinely like, you know, I think a little bit scarred from always trying so hard for acceptance, you know, going all through school and, you know, a few years after um, that I just need to sort of chill now and be like, well, you know, you've found your people. And if those people don't stick around, then that's fine. They, you know, weren't destined to be in your life forever. Um, but yeah, I just, um, have to, you know, focus a little bit more on, um, not trying to give my all to everything to everyone and be everything to everybody and just sort of be myself and accept that, you know, people do love me for that. And I guess, um, yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah. That's so important. Like what you said about not being everything to everyone. Like I think about having, having boundaries in terms of your relationships, your work, all that kind of thing, because if you're burnt out and you're, you know, uh, burning the candle at both ends and all that, your cup's empty, mm-hmm. etc., you're not going to be yourself. You're not going to be that person that people love yeah. because you're stressed and you're shitty and you're mm-hmm. whatever. And I think, like, I find that a lot of the time as well. And the times in my life that I have been, like, frantically fucking doing a million things, I've kind of been a cunt. Yeah. You know, because... Well, it's like me naturally at the moment because I'm trying to squash so much shit in. But, you know, before I came here, I said to um, Phil and I said to my kids, like, you know, I was, like, focusing on this whole concept of being a super mum and, you know, doing everything for everybody. And I just said to them, like, what actually makes a good mum? And I'm thinking, like, you know, I want the best of this and, you know, attending every event and blah, blah, blah. And my son actually wrote it down and he said, giving me snuggles. And, um, I said to Sophia, like my three-year-old, what was it for you? And she said, kisses. And then Christos added, um, how fun you are, how kind you are being beautiful inside and out. And, you know, I'm just saying the qualities of you. And I was like, that's super cute. And I said, what makes a bad mum? And he said, not caring, making your kid do everything while you relax so that they're your slave (laughs) (laughs) and yelling. And then I asked my friend, like, what makes a good friend? And she gave me her answers. And then I said, what do you think I do too much of in my life and not enough of? And she said, "Um, you surround yourself in drama too much, which is true because I'm always constantly, you know, trying to get involved and fix things for people or whatever, or maybe I'm just a bit too vocal also. And then she said, you don't do enough of putting yourself first. You need to be a bit more selfish. And I think that's like the reality of it. And it kind of sums it up that I'm just doing too much for everybody sometimes. And I think that I'm stuck in that trap because, you know, I'm trying to be accepted and I think they'll like me better if I do more for them. But I'm just like, maybe I should just fucking chill and be me. I th- yeah, I think that's the most important thing and that's what I've learned like recently and especially from doing this and like having all these conversations. I'm just like, you know what? People like me for me. Um, and if people don't like me for me, then... I just don't really care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. And, you know, these are the people who I couldn't sit with in primary school, the people who made me feel like I wasn't good enough to be their friends at the gym, like, stuff like that. And it's fine. Like, they've got their friends. They've got their gang. Like, Mm -hmm. I've got my own gang. And that's okay. You know, I think we, like, put so much energy and so much stress into, like, caring so much what every single person thinks of us, you know. Mm -hmm. But prisons have gangs for a reason. <laughs> they all have shivs for a reason. They all have shivs for a reason. 
Yeah, but... Ugh. So, yeah. You're all wearing the same dark green tracksuit, mm-hmm. but you're not all in the same gang. That's true. Basically. Mm-hmm. Love this analogy. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that at work. Definitely. Yeah. Um, tell me a mind gold moment. Hmm. I love what you just read out. That was beautiful. Give me an example. So an example would be like this morning when I realized that I need to stop worrying about being accepted by people who I don't necessarily fit in with or shouldn't be accepted Mm -hmm. by. Like maybe they don't accept me because I'm different to them. Yeah. That's okay. So recently um, my work nominated me for a Young Achiever Award. Oh my God, I know that. That's amazing. Yeah, at our national, um, so our national governing body for our industry. And, you know, so many people that were involved in that process of, like, writing supporting letters and stuff and were like, this is a fucking incredible um, nomination. Like, just with all the different things that were involved and the little things that were, I guess, um, contributing to that nomination. And I was like, well, fuck, like, this is amazing. Like, maybe I'm, like, with a chance here, you know. And then um, they released the shortlist and I wasn't on it and I was like what the fuck and I was so devastated oh my god why well that I was asking myself the same question and I'm like I was looking at the you know the different um the different people that have won the last few years and like one of them won because he had a good client relationship and I was like well that's you know just a given like don't we all don't we all have that don't you know and I just thought about like all the things and I was really like devastated about it like I was genuinely heartbroken and then after a few days, I was like, why the fuck do I care? And I said to my husband, like, I was, like, really genuinely really upset about that. But now I'm like, what the fuck do I need your validation for? I go, no, I'm fucking great. You know, I... That's so good. <laughs> I'm like, right. just turned 30 and I've got two kids. And you look at the uh, mental list that people make of, you know, the stock standard achievements. Like, 30, married, two kids, have a house, have a car all that kind of bullshit. I have a good job. You know, I've got a really good salary and I think like none of that fucking matters. Like, well, obviously the kids and husband do. <laughs> like they, they <laughs> Sorry, really Phil. matter. No one cares Sorry kids, you. I'll find you a new mum. <laughs> no, like that all fucking matters. But like all the other shit that goes with it, why do I need validation from some like, you know, some industry? Why do I need validation of all the things I've done? Like I know I've smashed it this year. Like I've done a uni course that's offered elsewhere at, you know, for two and a half years and I've just done it in nine months. And, you know, I'm like this on the board of directors for the weightlifting association. So I can actually, you know, hopefully make an impact and like guide this association in a really awesome direction. And, you know, I've made some fucking amazing relationships and I've done some incredible networking and met some incredible people in my industry that are so inspiring and some really incredible women and just some of the things that I've achieved in my job. And, you know, I got to work on a fucking riot at the prison, you know, and like, I look at some of the achievements I've done by 30 and I think like, I don't need anybody's like validation or I don't need some award to tell me like you, you're doing a great job. Like I look at all that and I think like you're fucking doing all right. Considering, you know, um, we didn't have a very, um, you know, a very well-off childhood or whatever. And I always thought growing up, like I'm never going to be as good as these people and I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do this. And then I look at like the life that I've built for me you know, with my husband and with my family backing me. And I'm like, I'm fucking care about no award. Fuck that. I've got like three awards right here, my husband and my kids. So 
Yeah. It's beautiful. Such a nice comeback from I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I really do love you, Chris Dawson. So I do. What I think is really cool about that and the not needing validation is, I mean, if you're constantly focused on this extrinsic validation, you're also focused on negative feedback because you're focused yeah. on feedback mm-hmm. in general. So if you're going to be constantly seeking approval, you're also going to be focused on the negative things that people say about yep. you and the negative feedback that you get. But if you don't give a fuck about being either positively, like about being positively validated, then negative validation, you don't give a fuck about that either. Yeah. Negative validation, what am I talking about? <laughs> the opposite of positive validation, guys. Um, it's like 5 p.m., give me a break. Um, you know what I mean? So if you're if you're receptive to that positive feedback and you're constantly seeking that, then in the same way you're gonna be just as affected by negative feedback. Yeah. But if you're like, I don't give a fuck if you like me or if you don't like me, then who cares what yeah. people say? It's me thirty years to get there. Oh my god, man. And I talk about I thirty like I'm ninety. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I love how we think we're so old, although I am older than you, just FYI. Uh, like thirty and a half. I'm like, thirty three and a and a and like Oh, please. Phil's 50 next year, mate. That's fucking old. That's old. (laughs) Sorry, Phil. Let's just start bagging him because he's old. I still love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think that the feedback thing and being accepted is just, yeah. Here's some mind gold for you. Don't give a fuck about anybody else. That's all. That's all. That's it. That's it. (laughs) But it's true, though. Um, And I'm, I'm giving less and less fucks every day. To be mm-hmm. honest. Soon you'll give no fucks. That's my goal. I'm working towards that too. And yeah. 168 kilo total. Thanks, AWF. Oh, you assholes. <laughs> Why? Still controversial. It's still controversial. Yeah. Yeah. No, they won't. Um, you know what? They should. Let's email it to my them. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> anyway, I guess I guess what, what we're down to here, besides all the prison and weightlifting and mm-hmm. dicks and... Big all dicks. Big dicks. Nut. Nuts. Everything that gets bandied about is acceptance and that you're worthy of acceptance. And maybe just because you haven't found that yet, it doesn't mean that you won't. Because I really genuinely do believe that everyone has a gang out there. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to make your own. You do have to make your own. I made mine. Yeah. <laughs> Making your own gang. I fucking love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank you. coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I've loved every second of it. I feel like Graham just exited the room. He was like, right, we're about done. He was here the whole time, guys. He's been so quiet and good lately for the duration of mm-hmm. this episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you've got any any mind gold you'd like to hear about, if you even think that you might have something to say and you would like to come on, um, send me a message. And, yeah, you could be the next guest. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's free kombucha. You, and you, and you realise so many things about yourself as well, I think. Um, that's one of the best things about it. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Have an amazing, it's been so lovely. amazing rest of your day. And Thank I you. will talk to everyone really soon. Bye.